Welcome to Fail Up Africa, the podcast where we talk about all things failure. That's right. This is a podcast and this is a space where we share stories and experiences dealing with and learning from failure. Each episode, we sit down with a new guest, an African trailblazer who unmasks what it really means to fail and what we can do about it. And that's everything from schooling to academics to careers to starting a business and even personal relationships. This is a space where we can get vulnerable, but with a dose of humor. Join us in getting real about failure. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, wherever you're joining us in from. Welcome back to Fail Up Africa, the podcast. My name is Boniface Amina, also known as the local noisemaker, and I will be your host for today. We are super excited here for today's episode because it is the first ever Fail Up Africa podcast series, and it is known as the post-virtual experience challenge. With the name itself, you can already believe that it's going to be quite the challenge, not for us, but for some of our participants, because for the first time ever, we're going to feature different perspectives and experiences of participants from our post-virtual experience, right? And that is a program that has been running here in Philip Africa for the past couple of months. And we're going to build off the learning outcomes of that virtual experience and the overall Philip Africa initiative, right? With this incredible focus on failure and you know, shaping our perspectives and our relationship with failure, Right. This specific podcast series is aimed at providing a platform for these very participants to demonstrate their understanding of the power of community and connection in deepening their perspectives of failure and in conquering their fear of failure in the pursuit of their dreams. So without further ado, we're going to hop into meeting the participants for this episode. Our guests are phenomenal trailblazers. They're young Africans who have been creating impact in their communities through the various initiatives that they've been running that are focused on reshaping how people perceive and approach failure. In, in today's episode, the group that we're going to be talking to are working on a chess project, and I'm going to invite the members to introduce themselves. We have Elvis on the left and Faith on the right. Elvis, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Boniface. How about you? How are you doing? I'm feeling fantastic and super excited to be here with you guys. Um, Faith, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Awesome. I want you guys to let us know just a bit about your your roles in in the chess project that you do. But before that, talk to us a bit about the project that you run. Um, take us back to the beginning. How did the project come up as you as you go ahead and, and let us know some of the individual ways in which you contribute to it? Elvis, we can begin with you. Yeah, sure. So we had this um, weekend experience with Fail Up Africa where they shared the session on, you know, failing up and how we should embrace failure. We had quite a number of prolific guests on uh, during the sessions. And so after the sessions, they had this post-virtual experience where they were willing to find people with project ideas that would help people deal with failure. And so at the time, I didn't have an idea really. And I remember I applied a few days to the deadline. And that's when it dawned on me, I've been using chess as a tool to help me deal with failure. So why not share the experience with a bigger uh, crowd? So that's when I came up with the idea of a chess project, uh, applied for it, and then 
looked for a team that will help me to implement the project and then began it earlier this year now. That's awesome to learn, Elvis. Faith, how did you plug into this project? Um, I'd say it was the randomest thing ever. Um, we were speaking with Elvis about chess and then he was just like, yo, so I'm doing this project. Do you want to try it out and see how it goes? And after I tried it, I was like, yeah, I'm here to stay. I'm not moving. So, yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Faith. As we get into the, the meat of this conversation, just to remind you guys, you know, want to share with you and remind you um, some of the pillars here at Fail Up Africa, some of the pillars in which we do focus on and you know, carry on through the, the different conversations that we have are vulnerability, reflection, learning, and a little bit of humor. So don't don't get too, <laughs> too worked up when, <laughs> when I'm throwing different jokes around. Um, but, you know, but we'll ask you to, to get vulnerable and reflect and share your different learnings um, because it's very important for not just us here in, in studio, but the different community of listeners that we have to be able to really borrow from your experiences and personalize it for their life as well. Um, so we're going to hop right in and I'd love, I'd love to understand where, where the mission came from with, with the chess project and, and why, why it's important to you specifically. We can start off with Elvis. When you're coming up with this, what was the mission behind it and why was it important to you? Yeah, so my mission was to come up with a non-medical intervention for providing mental health access and wellness. And so um, chess is a game that people think to be quite difficult. I mean, some people say only the smart people play chess, which is a stereotype that's a lie. But you don't need to be as smart as people think you should be for you to play chess. It's a really fun game. It's really enjoyable. This mission is really important to me because I'm really passionate about mental health. And this opportunity to collaborate with Fail Up Africa, which is an initiative to help people embrace failure, I saw it as an opportunity to share my passion for chess and mental health and intertwine them into one while conducting the project. Um, and I feel it came at the right at the right time, really, because the moment, the point at which I was implementing the project is the point where we have a chess boom. We have very many people who are playing chess or want to learn chess. And we also have, um, it's unfortunate, we have quite a number of high cases of mental health uh, issues uh, prevailing. So I think it's, a, it's something that we need. And to me, I find satisfaction in promoting wellness in our communities. Chill, was this chess boom as a result of the hype that was built around that Netflix show? What was it called? Um, Queen's Gambit, yeah? Yeah, so the Queen's Gambit played a role in the chess boom. And the other thing that actually played a role is COVID. You know, with COVID, everyone was isolated at home. People are not going to work. So what do we do with all this time? And that's a point where we had the Queen's Gambit being released. And then we had many people playing chess on chess.com, on leeches and other platforms. That's actually the time when I... Uh, became more active in playing chess. I was never an active player. I knew how to play, but I never used to play. And so, and, you know, COVID was a really dark time in terms of the isolation and your mental well-being. You're not going outside. You're not interacting with people. We're only interacting with people virtually. And with the economic recession, it wasn't the best time. And so for me, found solace in chess for the most part. Chess takes you to another dimension as you try to solve this, you know, big problems in a board of 64 squares. It takes your mind to another dimension and helps you see things from another perspective. That's incredible. I love that. And one thing I'm really hearing is 
there's an aspect of the experiences that we go through in life and the different skills that we pick up along the way that really inform some of the initiatives that we start as as young leaders, as young entrepreneurs, as you know, people trying to add value and give back to the community. I'd love to understand your experiences, Faith, and your relationship with, with your project um, from a background perspective. Um, for us, for, for myself and for the listeners, for us to understand who you are now and the reason why you know, you're, you're so engaged in this project, what do we need to know about some of the experiences that, you, that you've had, similar to what Elvis has spoken about? Um, I think when he mentions that he's passionate about mental health, um, I'm also along those lines. The only difference is that for me, it's more of a personal journey. Um, talking about COVID and uh, what sort of impact it had on everyone, for me, it hit really, it really hit home, like very deeply, because during that period is when I, like, my mental health was shit. Uh, sorry for cussing. My mental health was terrible, and things like got really out of hand and I have taking medication and trying to um, get to a place where you're better then becomes a bit hectic because it gets to a point you're tired of taking these meds but at the same time you can't stop them and you still have to be sane. So when he, um, when Elvis explained the whole idea to me of how maybe, um, I can apply chess into failure because failure is a huge part of if you have depression, anxiety, uh, failure triggers things and makes them worse. So if I am able to like handle all this just by playing chess, then I can maybe be able to control the whole situation that I'm in. And that's how um, the whole throughout the whole project, it has helped me because I then got to learn more about chess, more about um, what it entails and how I can apply my learnings in chess to overall how I can um, adapt to failure um, in the general world and help me um, just deal with my mental health in general. That's awesome, Faith. Thanks for sharing that. And what I'm very curious about is how did you bring about, how did you bring the community together? Because a large aspect of, of what we're trying to look at today is also understand when it comes to delivering certain solutions and initiatives in whichever space, whether it's mental health, whether you're trying to come up with a podcast, you know, there's, there's an aspect of rallying people and getting them on board for this mission. Um, Faith, if you could talk to us a bit about how you and Elvis went about bringing people on board. Did you reach out to your friends? Did you begin with, you know, the people who were in the virtual experience? And how did that really shape up between then and now? Um, yeah, okay. I think, um, first of all, it sort of was a bit easy for us to rally people because um, Elvis is the president of the ALU Chess Club. So it was a bit easy to, like, get people who'd, who'd be interested in the project. But then um, also keeping these people was um, the hectic part. So it also had to take us into plugging into our connections and our friends. And um, to some extent, reaching out to friends who you know that um, this could help them in their personal lives and try and see if they'd be interested in the project. So I think one of the things is always um, as much as we got so many people who are interested in the project to start with, it's always hard to get people to like complete the project and go through with it. 
but it really helped that we had a community in person in Rwanda that we were able to plug into. That's very smart. <laughs> That's very smart. Um, Elvis, how did you how did you tie in the work that you're doing as the president of the ALU Chess Club to this specific chess project at Philip Africa? And what were some of the challenges that you may have faced along the way? Yeah, sure. So uh, being the president gave me access to the students who are actually chess players because I had that network already. I made so many friends on campus based on the fact that I played chess. And so that in itself made people interested in the project. But in addition to that, I also have a community of chess players in Kenya. Kenya has a very strong chess scene. And so since the project was being conducted both physically and virtually, we also had a team of participants participating in the project virtually. And so for that, I reached out to many of my friends from high school who are really active in chess and who are actually active currently playing for the national team. They're really strong players. I had some of them come in as coaches. And then, you know, having strong players coming in in the project really motivates people to participate because someone knows, okay, yeah, this guy plays for the national team. I'm definitely going to learn a lot from him. He has a really good profile. He sells himself. So that's also another avenue that I leveraged. But again, as Faith has mentioned, getting people to be consistent over the month, over the weeks, because most people are students, they have schoolwork, others are working. So getting them to sacrifice their time every week to be consistent, that was quite a challenge. But in the end, the turnout was also well. So, and also in, in addition to having the participation as a challenge, you also had the challenge of, uh, you know, mobilizing resources. So I really wanted this to be a big uh, project and be very impactful. But with the resources that I had, I couldn't really impact the demographic that I hoped to. So I reached out to quite a number of companies, including the Gift of Chess, which is a really good, uh, a really established organization based in New York. It has a scene in New York, uh, Nigeria, and also Uganda, So and also Kenya, actually. I was hoping to partner with them, get resources, and actually help, because they, they share the same vision of pro- promoting chess. Um, and I think their focus in, is in underserved communities across these cities. So having them step in into the project would definitely help me scale my impact and have a greater reach. So that's currently a discussion that's ongoing and hopefully it's going to be fruitful. I love I love the idea of using sports to to demystify aspects of, of failure and dealing with failure because when I I played I played football and basketball over the course of primary school, high school. And the thing with sports is you can you can do all the work and put in all all the effort and hard work when you're in the game, when you're in the in the ring, like in, in the case of chess, like when you're on the board, but you can still lose. And that's the crazy thing about it. In order for you to be able to get back up, to get back on the ring, get back on the board, enter the next match or the next game, you really need to find a way to self-regulate and and pull yourself up when when you've you've experienced this failure. Elvis, when you when you joined the post virtual experience and over the course of just the work that you've done with 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 your community, right? What are some of the things that you've learned about failure from them and like you've observed when it comes to people really 
interacting with failure every single time they're playing? So I think most people don't really deal with failure as positively as they should be. And I, I can attribute that to our education system. So for those who studied in the 844, you know how our system rewards perfectionism and failure is really punished. Uh, you'd get a 98 in math and you're really beaten. Um, so growing up in such an environment or such a system breeds perfectionism. And of course, in that, such a system, we have people who are really, really smart. So imagine a student who's been doing really well, primary level, high school level, going to the university level, you're always the best. But then you come out to the real world, the world doesn't really care how good you are. The world really cares about you take, what risks you take and how you think, how creative you are, how you deal with failure. So for, for most smart people that I've interacted with, uh, they come to experience failure, you know, during university level. And that's when they realize, wow, this is a new thing. I think for most people who, used, who, have, who are sort of used to failing from back then, let's say in primary high school, the system made you feel as if you're a failure. I think for them, they sort of have mechanisms that help them deal with failure, right? So when they come to the outside world, they have better mechanisms to deal with failure. But for people who are not used to failure in itself, find it really difficult to cope. And that's why you find someone does an initiative and one setback really sets them back uh, in terms of their mental health and their pro the progress that they make. So I, that's a realization that I've had based on my conversations with most of the participants and also most of my friends who are actually not participating but just having conversations. And also from myself, uh, because getting uh, starting this project, I wasn't assured of its success. And of course, in, in, along the way, you have these fears of failure, you know, what if this doesn't work out? I have an organization that I'm supposed to be accountable for. And I realized I really don't have the mechanisms, really. And I, I actually benefited from what I was pushing. Elvis, you've drawn an incredible parallel between the relationship people have with failure and the experience that we had in the education system. I, I'm a product of the A4 system as well, so I definitely relate to that aspect of things. Um, Faith, when you were speaking, you you mentioned just the context of of mental health and the conversation and how how different young people are navigating this conversation. One of the interesting things is you know to get people to to deal with failure, to address their own wellness and, and, and stuff like that, you really need to find a way to cultivate this safe environment, right? And no other place to do that than, you know, when you have a community that you interact with every single day. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on how, how, how people's perceptions or relationships with failure have been changing within your community and and whether it's it's gotten better when you began as as compared to now, if you were to just draw draw those um, comparisons. What do you feel is one thing that communities can do to improve how young people navigate failure in the context of the work that you guys are doing, Faith? I think the one thing that communities can do is normalizing this talk about failure. I think Elvis said a really important thing about our, our education system, and just even without going to the education system, just our families, I don't think there's any child who their parent was not position one, two, or three in their school when they were young. So I think when talking about failure, it needs to be something that is relatable. And that's why I liked the approach with chess, 
because chess is um it's irregardless of age whether you're young or older you can still play it and still be challenged and um learn new things from playing it so i think just having the conversation about it uh as africans we don't necessarily like having things on our faces and have being told or oh, this like when we talk about mental health people really don't want to necessarily talk about it directly but if you bring if you bring it in a way that people are um are captivated then they do want to uh engage in the topic so that's why i think like if um there's a chess club in different schools like most schools in Kenya actually do have chess clubs if they're playing it then introducing this project to that particular club and being like okay so you guys play chess have you ever thought about all those times that you've played and lost or all the all the times that you've played and won what is the difference what have you learned from it how has this not only helped you in chess but also like in other aspects of your life to just intertwine that conversation with feeling general in life and all these other things awesome guys this has been a fantastic conversation and i love i've learned a lot from you guys in terms of how you guys are cultivating communities and and driving this this narrative of 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 having a healthy relationship with failure and most of just a healthy relationship with ourselves when it comes to conversations on on wellness and mental health it really does take a lot of self work and you know self self management and self leadership and that's one of the things that I'm really picking from from you guys and and most of just change, changing the narratives around chess itself right um elvis pointed out the the company reached out to gift of chess and they're doing a fantastic job of driving this narrative that you know chess is not just um, a hobby but definitely a sport and and in that just building a community around around this very positive activity that is that is chess i appreciate both of you so much for joining me for our listeners hope you've learned a thing or two as much as i have if you haven't watched queen's gambit i always would love for you guys to hop on and watch that but you know we'd love to hear from you guys as well on how the different communities you are in are shaping how you perceive and navigate failure as usual drop us a message drop us a voice on instagram at failup africa on instagram and let us know who else you want to hear from on this podcast not just um people from our post virtual experience but are there other guests who you'd want us to feature when we hop back into our guest episodes and if you want to learn more about us you know hop on to us at failup africa um elvis if they want to learn more about the chess project where can they find you guys oh well we don't even have a presence right now better yet if you guys want to reach out to elvis or faith drop us a message on failup africa and we can definitely get you in touch if you want to contribute to the community or if you want to know how to join it as well that's been our episode guys my name is bonfa somina also known as a local noisemaker and we'll see you on the next one cheers everyone